Blog Talk Radio.
everybody. Good evening for the Berean Bible Chapel Blog Talk Radio Broadcast. It's Sunday. It's November 11th. And it's um, here in America. It is uh, Veterans Day. And we want to say happy Veterans Day to our chaplain, Bill, and to all of you out there who uh, deserve very much to celebrate uh to remember to remember our moms or dads uh who gave their lives grandmas grandpas so many and so many wars but um we're just so glad you're here with us and i'm going to read from first thessalonians and then we'll have prayer okay okay for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall raise, rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now for God has not appointed us unto wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless his precious word. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you with our prayers. With praise, we lift up holy hands always and sing praises to you forever. Only you can do all these wonderful things. We pray for those who love you, so many being hurt and persecuted all over this world, Lord. May you love and protect them. Help us, Lord, to keep our witness for Jesus while we work, while we shop, or with our unsaved loved ones as the holidays are soon coming. We lift up every prayer request, both spoken and unspoken, and we call on our God of all grace and peace. We receive all we need from him. Bless this little Berean chapel and all those who have come out tonight. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins so we may have forgiveness and peace. And precious ones, and when we ask you, if, as we pray this week, as, as we always do, um, please pray for the winds to shift and change. I hadn't realized what a bad situation it looks like in California. My goodness. Um, and then on this side of the country where I am, on the northeast side, they're talking about a uh, winter storm. I don't know if it's going to happen or if it'll go away, but these two weather systems are opposite each other, and they sure want to pack a punch to, to the United States. So um, let's just pray against those things, okay? And uh, thank you, Chaplain Bill, for opening with prayer. Again, we want to thank everyone being here, the privilege yes. of your company. And we want to uh, especially praise the Lord. Marianne's with us today. Everybody pray for Marianne. Now, she doesn't want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> we want everybody to pray for her this week, and we want them to uh, lift up those prayers, Thanksgiving and everything, and also pray pray for uh, 
strength for Marianne and for uh, uh, just uh, God's uh, peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. And uh, we just we just praise the Lord. She's with us today, and we know she's had a rough go of it in the last few months. And we are just uh, going to keep lifting Marianne up in prayer. When she's here with us, we're going to praise the Lord for it. And we just want to uh, especially remember, as she said, all our veterans, all those who served in the U.S. Armed Forces. Yeah. Uh, and you know something I want to say, give a shout out today to all the unsung heroes, those yeah. military spouses and military wives and the uh, uh, moms and dads of the military soldiers and sailors, uh, Marines and airmen and Coast Guard who, who served. And we, we know that the, uh, the, uh, uh, freedom we have is given to us uh, by two people, by the uh, military veteran and by the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And we are so grateful. We are so grateful for the uh, opportunity to just recognize those who serve in our military and those who, as Marianne uh, reminded me, even this Christmas season coming will be... Uh, some will be deployed and some will be away from home and some will be uh, overseas standing in harm's way. Yes. And we don't ever want to forget those families of those left behind and the uh, uh, prayers of the church, the true church and body of Christ will will go up and uh, on their behalf. Again, we thank you for being here today. We thank you for the uh, privilege of your company. You know, uh, we're here as in worship and praise to our Lord. We're here to worship God's Father in spirit and in truth, and we're not going to sit here and go through the motions, you know. We're not going to uh, be doing the uh, uh, routine, so to speak. Sometimes me, me and Mary Ann, we can shake things up pretty well. And that's because uh, I'm kind of long-winded and Mary Ann's a, 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 good, a good cook in the kitchen. She knows how to shake things up. So, that, you know, <laughs> that's uh, we're just praising the Lord for the opportunity we have uh, today to just declare his word, the testimony of Jesus and the testimony of the word of God. And we're thankful for every single soul listening to this broadcast. And we are grateful for this opportunity to share the gospel, to live and to share the gospel. And uh, our our message tonight uh, uh, during the sermon uh, pulpit hour will be a message entitled The Three Ds. We we all know about 3D technology and 3D imaging. And and back in the day, it was very, very... uh, uh, impressive for what it did. It accomplished some remarkable things when we saw 3D. And uh, but we're going to be talking about another 3D tonight, and it and it's a 3D that touches and affects the church and and believers everywhere. And you'll soon understand what I'm talking about when we get into the Word. We do want to uh, mention. I want to mention that starting next Sunday we're going to 
we're going to drop right into the Christmas season. And uh, preceding Christmas, of course, is Thanksgiving. And we're going to be uh, focusing a series of messages called uh, Approaching Christmas. And and so we're going to be next next Sunday. You're going to be hearing Christmas hymns. You're going to be hearing Christmas carols, and you're going to be hearing uh, Christmas messages. How do you like that? You say, "Oh, already," and I'm going to say, "Yes, we need it. Uh, we definitely need uh, to be reminded of uh, just what happened at Christmas." And we're going to be focusing starting next Sunday in these broadcasts, uh, Christmas messages, and also messages, of course, on Christ. And, you know, please don't send me the hate mail. Don't send me the, don't send me the uh, private chat messages with thousands of videos explaining why I shouldn't celebrate Christmas. Uh, Berean Bible Chapel celebrates the birth of Christ, as simple as that. We celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, that's where I'm coming from. And like Forrest Gump would say, that's all I'm going to say about that. And so uh, I'm going to play a hymn now so I'm I'm not rambling, okay? And, And here we go. Heavenly armor will enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. The weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor. And it's the power of his blood. We sing glory, 
is where I settled down and no problems, no worries, all peaceful. And, you know, we start with God's grace at salvation the moment we're saved. And each day we carry on moment by moment. And his grace and his peace is like an unbroken circle of never-ending peace and grace. Whatever you need, God's strength, his wisdom, his comfort, his stillness, even in the emergency room. You know, in Second Timothy, Paul told him to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And when you are strong in his grace, that's when we can deal with those heartaches on a daily basis. Every situation, we will make it through. Refuse to give up. Don't give up, saints. I will endure in the joy of Jesus no matter what by his strength. So let's remember daily to live that day in him and for him. We can walk in his peace even when our loved one is in in that moment, is on the operating table maybe. Oh, so as the holidays approach, we can be careless and carefree. Why? Because we cast and give Jesus our cares because he really, really does care for us. Amen and amen. Thank you, Chaplain. Thank you. See see what I'm talking about, friends? That's what you call testimony time. And yes. I'm telling you, uh, I, I, I was very, uh, I was sitting on pins and needles, to be honest with you, Marianne, when, <laughs> when Mylan called Mylan called and let me know what was going on, and I was like, yeah. I wanted to shout it from the rooftops, pray for my sister. She's going through something right now, folks, and I just wanted uh, to do that. But the Lord said, no, Bill Herman, that's not what you're supposed to do here. You're just supposed to pray. And, and you know, I trusted the Lord, and he heard our prayers and praised God for prayer and the power yeah. of prayer and the, and the privilege of prayer. And, you know, so I want to say something out there. There's a lot of folks out there going through trials, tribulation, fiery trials. I mean, if I gave the details on some of the stories and some of the uh, testimonies that that I've helped people walk through, uh, you you would have to break out the hankies. And you'd probably probably have to go to the closet and bring out another box of napkins because I'm telling you, uh, some of them is really, really something. And uh, there's a lot of folks out there struggling with doubt, despair, and depression. And they're, and, they're, and they're wondering if their prayers are being heard. And they even have that sensation that they're not being heard. But I assure you the prayers are being heard and not just heard. They're being fortified. You know, in that one, when I say that, I mean that there are brethren standing with you in prayer. There are brothers and sisters in Christ, myself included. I'm, I'm, you know, people say all the time, Chappie, you're doing such a great job. You know what I feel like? I feel like it's not me doing the job. It's Jesus doing the job, and all I'm doing is relaying the messages. I don't mind being uh, God's mailman, so to speak. I don't mind uh, rallying prayer for folks. That's that's what I do. That's what God has led me to do. 
but I, I want people to know that we, we stand with you in prayer. And when the doubt and the despair and the depression hit, understand you're not Superman. You're not from another planet. You're not out of a comic book. This is real life. This is, this is real life. And Jesus tells us in the scriptures that in the world we will have tribulation. He doesn't he doesn't paint a rose colored picture. He tells us. But he gives us the assurance and the promise that he has overcome the world. In other words, through Christ it's possible to overcome. It's possible to gain victory even in the middle of despair and depression and doubt. You know the thing about, you know what doubt does? It makes you examine your faith. And, you know, we look at doubt and we say, oh, it's a red flag. There's something wrong with that Christian's life. They have doubt. No, no, please never think that. (laughs) Nobody has perfect Nobody's perfect except Jesus. He tells us to be perfect. How how do we be perfect? By trusting him. That's where perfection comes. We go to the one who is perfect. And 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 we go to that person and we say, Lord, I got I got some doubts here. I got some struggles here. I got some I got some uh despair here, Lord, some depression here. And yes, tears endure for a night, but the Bible says joy comes in the morning. And some folks, they say, well, I've been waiting for the morning through a long, long night. And I, and all I can reply is, so have I in prayer for you. So have many of us in prayer for you. So don't you, don't you beat yourself up and say, oh, you know, uh-uh. Uh, you know, if I share this with anybody, they're going to think I'm a terrible Christian. No, most anybody with any character and integrity and honesty before the Lord is going to say, no, you're you're just a sinner saved by grace, a Bible-believing Christian who's clinging to the Lord. You know, in the scriptures, the, the apostles and disciples looked at Jesus and they said to Jesus, Lord, help our unbelief. Help our doubt to go away. Help it to go away. Now, sometimes Jesus, yes, he does what he did with Thomas. Thomas said, look, unless I see those nail prints, unless I see the scar in his side and put my fingers in it, I'm not going to believe that he rose from the dead. Now, does does that make Thomas less an apostle? No. He was still called by Jesus. And and, and remember, folks, when Jesus called Thomas Didymus, when he called Thomas, he knew the man had doubts. He knew what kind of character the man had. He knew what kind of responses he would have. But Thomas stands as an example of what some of us have to have. And what is that? Jesus stand before us and say, okay, here's my scar. Put your hand in it. Here's my, here's my nail prints. You can look at them. 
be my brow, see where the scars, where the thorn, crown thorns was? Do I, you want me to turn around so you can see where the, the whip hit my back? You want to see those bruises? You see some of us, look, some of us are like Thomas. When I was first saved 45 years ago, I had all kinds of struggles. I had, I came, you know, I had to come to see that, you know, faith is believing when common sense tells you not to believe. That's what faith is. Faith is standing on God's word no matter what. And is it easy? Of course not. Was it easy for Jesus on the cross? Jesus says, look, if the world hates me, it's going to hate you. Because why? Because we love Christ. Because we serve Christ. Because we stand on his word. When the railing accusations come and and the enemy attacks, you know, it's, you say, well, it's, it feels very personal to me, but I'm telling you, it's because of who you represent. It's because of who you believe in. It's because of what you you cleave to and cling to. And in these days and age, this these last days and end times, all of us are going to be tested. You know, if you think you're going to walk through life in some some uh, uh, drugstore idealistic, uh, you know, happy-go-lucky, everything's roses, you know, ask Marianne. She'll tell you. <laughs> She'll say, hey, wait a second, you know. But you know something? You know, we always want to say as humans, or, you know, I didn't sign up for this. And guess what? The difference in us and Jesus is Jesus did sign up for the cross. He did sign up to come here and die for us. He did sign up to overcome and what it entailed to overcome. Jesus did do that for us. He willingly did it for us. And he, the Bible says, is our example that we should, as Peter says in his epistles, to follow in his steps. We walk as Christ walked. Because why? Because we walk with Christ. If you're truly, genuinely, authentically born again and, and, and a Bible-believing Christian, then you will walk with Christ. And guess what? Here's what I've learned in 45 years. Here's a secret. I still have much to learn. He's still going to teach us. He still has things to show us. Even when, like Marianne, she'll tell you, even when in the middle of the cancer battle, for five years this sister has waged war, has had actually had war waged upon her body. And for five years she's clung to her faith and for five years she's walked through the mill folks she knows she can tell you what it's like and sometimes she's not able to tell you because she's so weak and and she and she's she's walking through it but she has you know what the five years are five years of overcoming 
five years of victory, five years of mercy, five years of grace. Yes. And I praise God for those each moment of those five years. Do I do I praise God for the suffering she went through? No. Uh, you know what I praise God for? That he carried her through it. Yes. That's what I praise God for. That when she couldn't carry herself, he was right there carrying her. He was giving Myron the strength to help her. He was giving us the wherewithal to pray for her. He was giving us the the words to encourage her. And as we encourage her, she encourages us. It's a, it's a cycle. That's why the church, the true church and body of Christ is like a marriage because everything we do, the love, the prayers, the love, the prayers, the prayers, the love, the prayers, the love, yes. all of it is, is, it's, it's like a circle. It's like a wedding ring. It has no beginning. It has no end. It's on the finger, folks. It's 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 part of us. And the love and the prayers are what lead us through until either God calls us home or God delivers us from the affliction. Whatever happens, we're, we're safe in his hands. And, and, and he's going to be with us. Where do you think she... Think about what she said a few minutes ago, folks. She 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 flatlined with her potassium in her in her other level, and and she didn't even know it. She just knew there's something wrong here. There's jaundice in my my eyes and stuff, and 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 she had to go get you know looked at. You don't think she was anxious, wondering what's going on at first? You don't think her husband was? Let me tell you something about Mylon. He was wondering. You know, and and here's the here's here's the wonderful thing about all that. Like Marianne said in her testimony, God was right there. Yes. Yes. She knew no matter what happened, she was in His hands, and not just in Jesus' hands. She was in the Father's hands. She was safe no matter what happened. She was going through it. She had to overcome it. She had to. She had to get help for it, but God was in it from beginning to end. And we are we're going to stand with our sister from beginning to end. We're going to stand with her, and as, as whatever it takes, how long it takes, no matter what it takes. And we're going to be and we're going to be praying because I know she's praying for each and every one of us in this ministry. And what God does in this ministry. You know what Marianne's biggest prayer is? It's not for healing for herself. You know what it is? It's that people get saved. It's that people get encouraged. It's that people grow in the Lord. It's that people are encouraged in their faith. Think about that for a moment. This is what this woman wants more than anything. Is it... She knows she she knows that when she gets to heaven, whenever that is, she's going to see somebody in heaven who heard the message. They got saved because of the message. They're going to walk up to her one day in heaven, and this is my prayer too, by the way. And that we get there, and somebody walks up and says, "Guess what? Hi, Bill. I heard you on the radio a long time ago, and came to Christ because of one of the messages." 
or somebody's going to walk up to Marianne in heaven and say, you know something, I was at a critical point in my life, and in the middle of the, the broadcast, you said something that changed everything. You changed my life. You changed my direction. You changed what I was intending to do. You were part of it. That's why this broadcast exists. doesn't exist so that, you know, we can shake things up and have Christmas hymns and Christmas songs. It's not just about that. That's part of it, praise God. But we're here to lift up Jesus and lift him up higher and higher until everybody sees, until the whole world hears. And Marianne, I didn't tell you, but um, our newest numbers, our, our little numbers, how many people have listened to the broadcast? Yes. It's 34,000. Are you listening? 34,684. <laughs> praise, praise God. God. Praise God. Praise I mean, God. Praise God until the whole world hears. Oops, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It should come up in a second. All right. Darn it. 
Amen. Amen. You know, in preparing the message, where I'm going to be preaching in just a little bit, I thought about this ministry and how God raised it up, Marianne, and I was I was thinking about the uh, the miracle associated with this ministry. And that is, here's, here it is. Think about this, sis, and everyone else listening. Marianne is near Cleveland, Ohio. I'm in Lansing, South Carolina, near Charleston, on the East Coast. Marianne's kind of in the, in the, uh, up north a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's in Ohio, in Cleveland, Ohio. There are brethren in the chat room. There's one sister in Georgia, another one in Michigan, another one in Wisconsin, another one in Illinois, another one. I mean, I could I could go on. We have over uh, 600 people in Berean Bible Chapel, and they're spread all over the world, all over the United States, all over Canada, all over Europe. And there are uh, sisters in in England, in Ireland, and even in Scotland. And there are brothers and sisters who are uh, near one another, and there are, and most of us are spread far, far apart. But here's the miracle. In real time, through social media, we gather together. And right now, I'm looking at the studio, and there are eight people, in, in addition to Marianne, who, are, who have tagged onto the guest line listening to the broadcast. There are people in the Berean Bible Chapel group right now, and there's four people. Uh, I looked earlier. There was four people in the chat room, and that's just the live people. That's not counting the people who are listening at home right now, where they're located. All of us are gathered together in Jesus' name. Think about that now. Yes, yes. And we're not just gathered with each other. We're gathered around God's word. Let me tell you something. I heard a long time ago, Marianne, Al Gore invented the Internet. Yes. You know what you know what you know what? <laughs> Jesus Christ Jesus invented social media long before Al Gore was ever even born. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Think about it now, folks. I'm serious, you know, it's a little facetious maybe, but I'm serious here. We are lifting up God's word and Jesus Christ in praise and worship of God the Father, in spirit and in truth, in the power of the Holy Spirit, this broadcast succeeds. Think about that. And in the in the truth found in Jesus Christ, it's declared and proclaimed, and brothers and sisters in Christ are encouraged in their faith. Some in South Carolina, you know, I, again, I can name the states. I can name the locations. But the miracle is Jesus knows each and every one of us. And here's the wonder of wonders. In the book of Matthew, in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, 
wherever two or three or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Yes. Hey, folks, is Jesus sitting by you? Think about that. He's, the promise is he's here in our midst. He could be sitting by me. He could be sitting by Marianne. He could be sitting by uh, uh, Anita or maybe uh, Linda Risinger or Cheryl or, you know. Frankly, I think he's by each and every one of us. And and he's with us. He's here in our midst. And we don't have to wait for the rapture for Jesus to come because he's come right now. He's here right now. That's the miracle of this broadcast. That's the miracle of this ministry. That's the miracle. That, yes, it's a miracle that we. I could. I could have a. I could put a post on my timeline, and I could say, "If you want to see a miracle, join our broadcast." <laughs> and, and, I, and I. I would. I would be telling the absolute truth. Yes. Yes, our Lord Jesus Christ is with us right now. That's right. And that's the blessing. That's the blessing and encouragement we have in him. And I uh, I prepared that message, and I said, Lord, you sure this is the message you want me to preach? And it was like affirmation, confirmation kept coming. Yes. And let me tell you how one of those confirmations came. I'm preparing the message on the three D's. I'm, I'm studying. I'm going through the scriptures. And, you know, and all of a sudden in my chat message, a chat message popped up. So I went to see who it was. And it was it was a brother in Christ named Brian Mills. And Brother Brian used to serve in a church in ministry with his wife. And he was in this ministry and with his pastor, and they went through a, a situation where the pastor's wife died. And then he he said after the pastor's wife died, things were, you know, very, very much so difficult and everything. And then the pastor met somebody else and, you know, other details happened. And the bottom line is, the very things that Brian shared with me is the very things in my message today. And it was like that was confirmation. And and I'm here, here there I was on chat trying to encourage this brother in Christ be, in, explaining to me what he'd been through and what he's walking through right now and how difficult it has been. And, and it's, it's really been... Uh, a testing of their faith and his faith in person in, in in you know particular and you know how how he thanked God he told me this and I was I and whenever I see these things I Marianne it's like when I'm I'm afraid to share them because I'm afraid people are saying oh dearest Jeffy again patting himself on uh-huh. that no that isn't what no it's God speaking about the ministry. Yeah. And he said to me, he said, he said, I, he said, Chaplain Bill, I, I, I really thank God for the ministry. I really do because it's, it's, it's what God placed in the gap of what we're all walking through right now. That's right. And, and I was, and I was like, praise God. What a testimony that Jesus 
Jesus, who 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 knew what was going to happen in Brian's church, who knew what would happen to those brethren. And God said, you know, when that comes, when that moment arrives, Brian's going to come across this guy in Ladson, South Carolina, and this sister in, in near Cleveland, Ohio, and he's going to come across their broadcast, and he's going to come across the ministry, and, and it's going to help. It's going to be a help to them. It's going to be a blessing to, to Brian in particular because he's a godly man who wants to serve the Lord. But he's tested on every hand, and he and he he really wants to respond as Christ, and it's really a blessing. I'm telling you, folks, pray for Brian Mills and his friends and family, and and especially his dad. His dad was sick a, a while, but pray for Brian and and pray God's blessing on Brian and and that he would have comfort and and and. God would give him complete discernment on how to reply and respond, not just outwardly, but in his own heart. You know, it's, it's because, let me tell you something, folks. When we're tested and we're going through trials and tribulations and things, and we're going through situations, you know, it's not just God saying, okay, today I'm going to test this person this way and this person this way. And I'm going to drop this on this person. You know, God isn't Wiley E. Coyote dropping anvils from heaven, okay? God's not that, okay? We're not roadrunners, you know, trying to avoid the anvils. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm serious. Some folks, you know, they have a, a really twisted concept of God, you know? And what God is doing, he, he's showing each and every one of us. That number one, spiritual batteries only last so long. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're working through things in your own strength, you know, is it, can you do that? I can't do that. And when my strength is when my strength is depleted, I have to go back to the connection. I have to go back to the source where I gain strength. I have to go back to God's word. I have to go back to prayer. I have to go back to the Lord. Because we can handle very little in our own strength, okay? Second, he's teaching us who is the connection, who is who do we trust, who do we who do we who are who do we really place our faith and trust in, and that's himself, Jesus Christ. God the Father wants us to do that. Think about that. He he doesn't just want us to do that. He looks forward to us doing that. Yes. And when that and, and when that happens and there's a result, somebody might repent and come to Christ, then the angels are rejoicing in heaven and the saints and brothers and sisters up there are jumping up and down, shouting, Praise God, hallelujah. When people come to Christ, when people are encouraged, when a backslider comes home. When a prodigal comes back to Christ, God is praised. There's praise in heaven. He, God desires this from us. He wants this from us. And, uh, and the miracle, the, the mighty, mighty miracle is he does it all because he loves us. And his love is everlasting. 
and it's forever. And so, yes, I might sound like a preacher at a, a riverside beating up a revival and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, hey, this is, this is you know, like the, old, like the old adage goes, you are, you know, you, <laughs> you get what you get here, folks. And it's truth. And you, and you might not hear it anywhere else, especially in some of the churches these days. I mean, goodness gracious, some of the things they teach, it's unbelievable. I mean, uh, Jesus, who doesn't have to die for you, you know, he wants to be your buddy and pal, you know. And and, and, and then there's the other one. Uh, what, what's that other one, Marianne? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the uh, uh, come get baptized. Oh, yeah. You get baptized. Everything is going to change once you're baptized. Yeah. Well, the only thing that changes in one second you're dry, the next second you're wet. That's about the only thing that physically changes. That's you know, right. baptism is baptism is a demonstration. You know, I said this before, I'll say it again. You can be baptized at, at the river so many times the fish know your name. <laughs> and, it, and, you know, it's not going to get you to heaven, folks. Church membership. So many people know the pastor. Oh, I know the pastor. Mm-hmm. But they don't know the master. That's right. And, you know, uh, wake up, folks. Church membership doesn't save anybody. You know? It's God's grace. It's faith in Jesus Christ. It's God's grace demonstrated, outreach given to us. Freely, his gift of salvation and redemption. When we repent and trust in Jesus, what he Jesus did for us, not what we can, we can do for Jesus. Hey, you know, Jesus, I'm going to make your day, you know. <laughs> Christ did for us, folks. Amen. You know, if, if friends, if some friends become our chosen family, then God... God truly is our friend. Yes. All right, here comes the hymn for the sisters in in Berean. If I can get over here and get that played. Where is it? Looking for it, Marianne. <laughs> there it is. Ah, what happened? My my cursor is acting up today, folks. So I'm asking for your patience, really quick. Okay, here we go. Please come on down. What's going on here? Hmm. <laughs> Help us, dear Lord.
Okay, Marianne, could you ask for prayer for the message? Yes, yes. Abba Father, we love and bless your word. Your son is the word. May we turn to it for all our needs and our peace. Thank you, Lord, for the message Chaplain Bill brings to us tonight. We praise you, Father God, in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. All right. All right. Thank you. Everybody open their Bibles to the Gospel of John. This is where we start our jumping off point tonight is this Bible text in the uh, Gospel of John, chapter 3. Chapter 3. And we're going to be starting at verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Yes. We've talked a great deal about cutting-edge events and coming influences in these last days and end times, prophecy, on this broadcast. Mary Ann can attest to this in more ways than one. Transhumanism, artificial intelligence, false prophets, and all the rest. Today, we look at three Ds. The three Ds, you say, what are you talking about? When you told, me, told us about this message, I looked in the scriptures. I can't find that word anywhere. Well, actually, the three Ds are fiery darts that the enemy uses against us. Back in the day, and I, I, I briefly touched on this earlier, but back in the day, folks, and you know, when, when an old guy like me says that, yeah, you're thinking way back when Abraham Lincoln was. No, no, I'm, I'm not quite that old. <laughs> but back in the day, 3D technology and 3D imaging accomplished a remarkable action. It revealed a picture or photograph in all of its pristine clarity all of its actual existence, 3D does. It reveals things as they actually are, not as they appear. Some 3D imaging, you can see the uh, the actual opposite side of something by just extra- extrapolating the imaging and the technology. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all the, the nuances of, of 3D technology and 3D imaging, the three D's I would like to bring before you tonight are presented in this message in obedience to the scripture's teaching 
found in this passage where Jesus talks about if you don't believe in me, if you don't believe in the only begotten Son of God, you're going to be condemned already. You don't have to wait for condemnation. You're already condemned if you don't believe in Christ. And then he says the condemnation. What is the condemnation? It's that light came into the world. Jesus is talking about himself, by the way. Light. God sent his light into the world, his son. God sent his son into the world, but men love darkness because they're uh, rather than the light because their deeds were evil. You see, in the darkness, evil, wickedness, sin, iniquity, all the rest, it flourishes in the dark. Did you know that? It flourishes in the dark. Now you say, Jappy, we're watching it flourish in the light. We're watching it flourish in daylight. They're doing things in broad daylight we would have never thought they'd be doing 10 years ago. And they're doing it. I can turn on my television, Jappy, and I can see sin and iniquity and wickedness any hour of the day. I can turn on my computer, Chappie, and I can go on the internet and I can see all of this. But see, Christ is talking about the the darkness of the human heart. He's talking about the darkness that is in them. He's talking about the darkness. Men love the darkness. They love the sin. They love their iniquity. And, we're, and don't we see that today? We watch that. We, we see that a lot on every hand, don't we? We see, we, 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 I mean, I could, I, could, I could give a litany, but I don't want to give a litany. I don't want to give a litany of all the different sins that we're, we're exposed to daily. It's bad enough being exposed to it. But it, it is evident that we see it. Our society. The Bible says God made them man and woman. Now we come along and say, yeah, I was born a man, but I'm actually a woman. And we see this. We, it, it's like, It's like, you know, that which is wrong has become right. That which is right has become wrong and men are doing whatever they want in their own eyes and this is what we're seeing aren't we and it's revealed it's revealed the three D's what are the three D's I'm talking about well first of all I want to I want to give you the uh, scripture passage 2nd Timothy Turn over to Second Timothy, really brief, and and I'll show you a passage in Scripture. Second Timothy two fifteen says what? It says, "Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." Now, God's word shows us the truth. You want to respond to three the three D's I'm about to show you. You gotta you gotta stay in God's word. You gotta study God's word. It's as simple as that. You 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 do it. What? Look at the next verse. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they increase unto more ungodliness. And look what else he says. He says, and their word will eat 
he says, and their word will eat as doth a canker of whom. And then he he make lists two different people. People who were well known for spreading false teaching, people who were well known for profanity, people who were well known for vain babblings and ungodliness. It's the same thing Christ is talking about, men who who won't come to the light because they love the darkness in their own hearts. They love the sin. They love the iniquity. And this is this is what Christ is showing us. And then turn over to Second uh, Timothy four, and look what it says there, in verses uh, one through five. I charge thee therefore before God the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead as appearing in His kingdom. Preach the word. Be in season, instant, in season, out of season. In other words, be ready at any moment is what that means. Be ready at any moment. Preach the word and be ready at any moment, in season, out of season, to reprove, rebuke, exhort with long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch you in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Uh, You know, by talking about this, I'm trying to make full proof of our ministry. Our ministry is that we will reprove and we will rebuke the forces of darkness. We will not cease doing so. If you came to Berean Bible Chapel broadcast thinking I'm going to pat you on the back, say it's okay to read Playboy, it's okay to read Penthouse, it's 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 okay to get drunk, it's okay to uh, uh, beat your wife and all of that, so you're in the wrong place, friend. You're in the wrong place. But maybe God brought you here that you would repent and get right with God. Have you ever thought about that? You stumble onto this broadcast, and you might be sitting back there, and you might be laughing at me. You might be saying, oh, here here he comes again. Here he comes again. And I'm telling you, it's Christ knocking on the door of your heart. It's Jesus Christ knocking on the door of your heart. The three Ds I bring before you are, are, and here's something else I want you to understand. All of us, all of us, okay, all of us, not just the pastors, not just Chappie, Chappie Bill, not just Pastor Bill, not just uh, Pastor uh, 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 Farag, not just uh, Brother Amir, not just uh, John Heller, Pastor John Heller, not just uh, all the other brothers and sisters online in ministry you see. Not just the church leaders, not just the evangelists, not just the deacons. All brethren live in a world that is immersed, injected, impacted, and infected with these three Ds, which are nothing more than fiery darts hurled and thrown by the enemy. What are the three Ds? Division, number one, division. Number two, deception. Deception. Are you listening? And number three, discord. 
we have seen a pronounced. Are you listening? I know many of you on Facebook have seen this because you tell me I hear these testimonies. I've been hearing them for months now. They say, I have never seen so much division among brethren. I have never seen so much deception being foisted upon everybody, being declared as Bible truth. And I have never seen Pastor Bill, I've never seen Chappie, I've never seen so much discord. These three Ds have touched all brethren. You may rest assured, God wants you to understand and be aware of how we are to respond when we find ourselves targeted by the accuser of the brethren and his servants who hurl these 3D fiery darts at us. Turn to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And we get in and we get into the message. Here comes the meat of the word from Jesus Christ himself. Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 25. Now, I'll introduce the situation. Jesus has been uh, spreading the gospel. He's been teaching. And the Sanhedrin, the Jews and the Pharisees, the scribes, they came to Jesus and accusing him. Here comes one of the first three Ds. And they, and, and and they hurl a, a railing accusation against Jesus. They say, he cast out demons by Beelzebub. In other words, they're... They, they commit the unpardonable sin. Jesus is casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit in him, and they're attributing that work to the work of the devil. They're saying that Jesus is actually the devil working through Jesus. It's an it's a, it's a accusation designed to divide the apostles from Jesus and to divide his followers from him on the pretense that they're the righteous and Jesus is unrighteous because he's working in the spirit of Beelzebub. You see it in verse 24. The Pharisees uh, heard it, heard Jesus cast out the demons and all this stuff, and they said, this fellow, talking about Jesus, does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus, it says, knew their thoughts, verse 25, and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? See, Jesus is tearing apart the, the accusation with Bible truth. God set certain principles in hand on this world. And the first principle is unity versus division. This is why God talks, says how blessed in his word, he said how blessed it is for brethren in the book of Psalms to dwell together in unity. Now, now listen what how Christ responds. Jesus says, 
And if Beelzebub casteth out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. So what Jesus is saying is, uh, hey, buddy, you know, even you claim to cast out demons. Your own children are going to testify that you're working, Satan's working through you if, if your rationale stands. In other words, they won't give God the glory for what Jesus is doing. And this is where all division comes from. All division comes from the fact that people won't accept Christ. They won't believe on the only begotten Son of God. And, and, and Jesus says, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Do you do you do you understand? And he says, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil the house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Jesus is telling him, I know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to tear apart the trust the apostles have in me, the disciples have in me, and the people I'm casting the demons out. You're trying to uh, cast uh, mistrust and aspersion on me. You're trying to deny what's going on is God. You won't give God the glory. You make an accusation, and Jesus gives the principles God sets up. A kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Beloved brethren, I'm here to tell you, those divided cannot stand and they cannot withstand anything. Brethren who are divided from each other, they can't stand and they can't withstand anything. Families, we live in a world divided. All nations are divided. Look around you. Look at America. Look at the midterm election. What is it? It's a divided people. It's a divided kingdom. It's being brought to desolation. Do you not see it? Is your eyes blind? Beloved, I'm here to tell you, the nation is divided, isn't it? It's divided. The nation is divided. And guess what? Families are divided. Nations are divided. The world is divided. The nations are divided. Families are divided. Our country's divided. The professing church is divided. Do you know there are brethren out there calling? There are brethren out there calling for Christians to recognize Mormons as Christians. This might not seem like much to you, but it's a turning point in Christianity. I'm I'm here to tell you that. Because to Jesus, the Mormons worship and pray to and call Lord is not the Jesus of the Bible. That's right. He's not the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the living God. 
the Mormon Jesus is, according to their theology and teaching and doctrine and dogma, the Mormon Jesus is the brother of Satan, of Lucifer. And yet there are Christians who used to preach God's word who are now inviting Mormon pastors and Mormon elders and Mormon deacons and Mormon missionaries into their churches to give uh, encouragement and fellowship talks to to fellow entire congregations. And it's, it's happening right now. There's a, see the division right there? We live in a world completely divided. All nations are completely divided. Our very families are completely divided. And the professing church is now completely divided. This dividing, this division is designed by Satan to tear apart humanity and most of all separate humanity from God and his Christ and from God and his word. The division is designed by Satan to amplify and enhance the carnal nature to appeal to insane hatred, sin, wickedness, and evil, and turn everyone against one another. That's what this division you're seeing. You you wonder why America's divided? It's not it's not just politics, folks. It's spiritual. At its core, at its foundation, the division in this country is spiritual. It's men and women saying they can live in rebellion and defiance of God and His Word. and justify it by claiming God is telling them to do so. It's division. And Jesus says a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand and is brought to desolation. America is divided against itself and it's being brought to desolation. Yes. Everybody's wondering what's going to happen to America. Is it going to be an economic collapse? Is it going to be a uh, is it going to be a uh, uh, a nuclear attack? Is it going to be a, a natural disaster? Is it going to be something's going to bring America down? America is being brought down to desolation by the division in this country by the refusal to repent and come to Christ, by the absolute refusal by some to even call for repentance. (coughs) We have the only evangelical Christianity in America that doesn't call people to repentance. Because now in 2018, what, what 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 are we going to do in 2018? We're going to uh, we're going to uh, let's see, we're going to uh, accommodate people. We don't want to offend anybody. 
We don't want to tell people to repent. We They can join our fellowship without having to repent. Come on in, get a cup of coffee, sit down, have a, have a scone, have a donut. Go on and live in your sin. It doesn't matter. Come here every Sunday. You'll be blessed. That's the division that Satan has instituted. He's instilled in the false teaching. He's instilled it in thousands of churches. It doesn't matter if you're if you're transgender or or homosexual or lesbian or gay or whatever. None of that matters. All that matters is that you come and join the fellowship, sing the hymns, be blessed. All that matters is, is you know, what you, you know, want to do. It doesn't matter if if you're Roman Catholic. It doesn't matter if you're Presbyterian. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist. It doesn't matter if you're uh, Lutheran. It doesn't matter if you're, I can name religion after religion. All roads lead to heaven. There's a thousand different ways you can get to heaven. And see, that divides people from the scripture. Let's don't, let's don't talk about the scripture. You're, you've made the Bible an idol. It's your idol. And so they try to divide the brethren from one another. And then there's deception. Deception. Deception is prevalent. It's dominating. It's spreading unchecked. And if possible, it's deceiving even the very elect. Look at Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Jump ahead. All of... All of it, discourse, Matthew 24, going to talk about deception. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said, See all, all these things, verily I say unto you, not one stone shall be left standing upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came and said, tell us when these things will be. When, In other words, they're asking, when's the temple going to be destroyed? When's the end of the world coming? And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. First thing, first word out of Jesus' mouth. It isn't the day of the, the falling of the temple. The first words out of Jesus' mouth is the, uh, the threat of deception that Christ saw coming. He knew it would be part of the last days. He said, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Look here, folks. Let me tell you something. The deceivers, the deception, the false prophets, the false teachers, every last one of them knows the truth. Every last one of them. Some of them used to teach the truth, preach the truth. No false prophet is, is 
is, you know, some guy uneducated doesn't know the Bible, and, you know, so he's a false prophet. No. False prophets are people who used to know the truth, who used to, they tasted that the Lord was gracious. They understood who Jesus really is and what God's word really means and says. And they've chosen to deliberately and intentionally twist it, warp it, water it down, uh, uh, throw it away, cast it off. To them, it's it's a stepping stone to get to where they want to go. And that is to deceive people. Deception is always empowered and enabled to make itself alluring and attractive to the carnal nature, to the flesh, to the lust of the flesh, and human pride. Deception, spiritual deception, is always designed to take you and make you more carnal, make you more uh, of the, uh, earthy, more more willing. You, you can see this in the New Age and Emergent Church, where they have you uh, not just get baptized, but you baptize yourself. And then you also throw your hands into uh, uh, buckets full of dirt, and then you look at the dirt and pray for the earth. Pray for the ecology. And 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 that's not deception for those people. You know what that is? That's spiritual truth. That's taking the social gospel to the next level. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's always deception. Always begins when the scriptures, cornerstone teachings, and doctrines are watered down, marginalized, minimized, set aside, and forsaken. I'm here to tell you, the deception, that's what it's designed to do. It marginalizes, minimizes, and waters down God's word. The good news suddenly becomes uh, that it's, you know, Sunday mornings with hot coffee, lattes, and donuts, scones, and honey buns, and a 20-minute message, and and nothing nothing about repenting from your sins and following Christ. It's all about, you know, whatever the latest and greatest fad is. Yeah, I mean, you can go in some of the Christian bookstores. I, I use that term very uh, loosely now because I've been in some bookstores, and I uh, they have one little place in the corner where there's biblical teaching. The rest of it, books, books and subjects and topics that have no relevance to Christian living, true biblical Christian living. It's all the world. It's all about the world. You're making your the best you possible. How to achieve uh, a millionaire status in six months or less? How everything is about us humans. It's about 
change in the 21st century. I love that. That's amazing the way they say that. It's it's no change. It's not change. It's reprobate, falling away, departing from the faith. That's what the deception is, is designed to achieve. Deception is never presented by the agnostic or atheist adversaries of the church and body of Christ. Are you listening? Don't blame the agnostics and the atheists. Do you know what they say? If people would, if those people, if those Christians would just live what Jesus taught, if they would just be like Jesus, I might even listen to them. God help us. The atheists and the agnostics have enough spiritual insight to recognize it's all make-believe and put on. It's all hypocrites. It's all designed to placate and accommodate. We have to be accommodating. Translation, we have to surrender our theology. We have to surrender the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's the deception. It's always, always presented by reprobate heretics and apostates who once knew the truth and have walked away from it. And finally, there's discord. This is the one I'm going to kind of focus on a minute. Discord. The word in the scripture, go to... Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Very familiar passage to some of us on staff in Berean. Psalms, Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6. And we see and we read it, these words. Look at verse 16. Verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate, and seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a proud look, a lion tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. The people who who do these shootings we hear about. Yes. They're not mentally ill. They're demon possessed. Yes. yes. Are you listening? Yes. Are you listening? I'm here to tell you folks. The apex of division and and, and uh, deception is discord. Discord always comes from those who are divided from biblical faith and truth and who are spreading deception and false teaching. I read, and I'm sure many of you saw it too, but we read the... Uh, statement that this guy, this former Marine who shot up this club and and killed those people, he said, you know, all, all people ever talk about 
when these shootings happen is thought, good thoughts and prayers and hopes that it stops. And he did it. He wasn't doing it as a warning. He was doing it as ridicule. His remarks was, uh, my life is boring, so I'm going to go do something interesting. I'm going to go shoot up a nightclub where I go every night and the people I see most every time, and I'm going to kill them. That's demon possession. That's beyond insanity. That's demon possession. The fellow who walked into the Pittsburgh synagogue screaming he was going to kill all the Jews and kill those Jews in the synagogue, the guy who walks into walked into Sutherland Springs after he shot up the outside of the church, and then he walks inside where people are terrified and, and hunkering down and hiding, and he walks up to the pews and, and sees the people trying to cover themselves and cover their children, and he sprayed them with automatic rifle fire. Deliberately. He sprayed up one aisle, down the next, up one aisle, down the next. And then it said in the report I read, it said he came back for the second time and did it twice. And consequently, 20-something brothers and sisters in Christ who, who, who thought they were going to church didn't realize they were going to heaven didn't realize before noon came they would be standing in front of Christ and the rest who were wounded. And then in Antioch, Tennessee, the same thing happened in the church there. Remember? And we see these shootings. Do you realize from January 1st until today, November the 11th, Veterans Day, there have been 311 shootings in this country where more than one person died. It's not it's not about insanity and mental illness. It's about demonism and demon possessed people. And it God is speaking to a nation and a people about the division, the discord, the deception. He's speaking to his church about that. He's telling us, look, folks, in the last days, perilous times shall come. But everyone thought, what did, what did they think? Did they think God was being facetious? Did they think he was being uh, flippant when he said that? The warning in Scripture is echoed for 2,000 years. We've always assumed God had his hand on us and hedge of protection around our nation. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. I don't see a hedge of protection anymore. I see judgment. I see desolation. I see uh, uh, America being brought to desolation. I see America being uh, warned to repent and trust Christ. And so many of us, so many people want to write it all off and say, it, it, it can't happen. I'm, I'm telling you, if we call the people to repentance, some folks will come to Christ. Do you think the, the fires 
Have you seen these fires? Marianne talked about the fires at the start of this broadcast. Have you seen the fires? A fire that burns eight foot football fields in 32 seconds. Oh, you say it. Well, Cappy, it's just the winds. <laughs> no, my friends. It's not just the winds. We can pray, like Marianne suggested, we can pray that God shifts the winds. We can pray for mercy, that we can reach people for Christ. My goodness, folks, some of the reports I, I've seen and heard, I've, I'm like, it's like Jesus, and, and, and I posted it on my timeline, Jesus and Luke. In the book of Luke, Jesus, the people come to him and say, you know, what about these, uh, what about when uh, Pilate killed all those Christians in Galilee? Uh, uh, excuse me, when Pilate killed those uh, Jews in Galilee and mingled their blood in the, with the sacrifices that they were given when they were uh, protesting against Pilate. Are they sinners above everybody else in Galilee? And then they said, oh, what about the people in Jerusalem who died when the tower of Siloam fell on them? What about them? Are, 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 are they worse sinners than everybody else in Jerusalem because they died? And Jesus, says, Jesus looks straight at them and says, you know, you're, you're, you're wrong. Here's the truth. Unless you repent, you're going to likewise perish. I'm here to tell you, folks. The God is my witness. His word is true. His word is true. Now we can pray for uh, for, uh, safety and protection, hedge of protection around us and brethren in Christ and our families. We can do that. That is available. That is our resource. That is a promise in God's word we can pray for. But nobody should assume for one instant that God is going to protect America. God is trying to speak to America. And nobody's listening. They haven't listened since 9-11. They started to listen at 9-11. But ever since 9-11, what, what have you noticed? I'll tell you what I've noticed. Everything's been going downhill since 9-11. And, they, and people try to explain it all the way. Oh, it's politics. It's Obama's fault. Baloney. God is speaking to a nation. He's speaking to a people who once went to church and once lifted up God and once sent missionaries out proclaiming Christ and and now you can't even mention Jesus' name in a high school graduation in this country. And we say, well, God's going to, God bless America. Really? Really? God, pray for America. God is is calling you to pray for America, to pray America repents and comes back to God. That's 
that's the truth of the matter at 6.53 on the 11th of November, 2018. That's the truth of America. That's the truth of the matter. With the fiery darts, division, deception, discord, they're going to be hurled against us. Satan's trying to distract us and get us derailed. What's our response? Trust in the Lord. Stay in God's word. Stay in prayer. Put on the shield of faith. Put on the whole armor of God. That's the response. That's the response, brethren. Lift up Christ. Lift up the testimony of Jesus Christ and the testimony of the word of God. We're still here. That's the only reason we're still here. We don't know how we're going to find ourselves in heaven. We think, why might, Marianne probably says, I might wind up in heaven because of the cancer. But none of us know. None of us know. Marianne, you might outlive all of us. God is speaking to a nation, and he's, who does he, who's he dependent on to share his word? The unbelievers? No. No. He's depending on us to share his word. He's depending on us. He's relying on us. He's entrusted us to do the job, to live and share the gospel, to stand on his word, and having done all, to stand. Don't be divided. Those who are divided can't stand. They can't even withstand. But Jesus said, stand, and having done all, stand. Father God, thank you for this message. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope of your word, for the whole armor of God, for the power in Jesus Christ that we have, for the truth that's painful to hear, but true nevertheless. Thank you, Father, for this broadcast this day and everything in it. Be with the saints and brethren in Christ. Speak to their hearts. Stir their heart with this message, Lord. Let it ring and echo in their ears throughout this week. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 All right, beloved brethren. I guess this about wraps it up. We're right up at 656, Marianne. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you for being here, sis. I love you bunches. I love you all, too. I love you, Chaplain. It's so good to be back. Thank you so much. And everyone, have a wonderful week. And we do love you. And we do pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We do pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Good night. Good night. <laughs>